1: It's time once again for another look into God's infallible book, and I want to welcome you to another broadcast of the Riches of Grace. This program is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. My name is Richard Jordan, and it's my privilege to be your Bible teacher each week as we meet together right here uh, on this radio station uh, to look into the pages of the Scripture and allow the Spirit of God to teach us. We're going to continue our studies today and look back again at the book of Romans, uh, we, we looked last week at the this great foundational book uh, for the Christian faith and the Christian life. The book of Romans is Paul's first epistle that you come into in the Bible. That's important because it's your mail. It's my mail. Romans eleven thirteen. Paul says, "...for I speak to you Gentiles, and as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office, if by any means I might provoke the emulation in which of my flesh and save some." If you want to be saved today, if you don't understand what God has, to do, has for you and me uh, in his plan and purposes, you have to go to the ministry of the Apostle Paul. He is our Apostle. You remember Peter on the day of Pentecost. A lot of folks like to talk about Pentecost and the things that went on there. Three times on the day of Pentecost, filled with the Spirit of God, speaking as the Spirit gave him utterance, three times he identifies ye men of Judea. You men of Israel, let all the house of Israel, three times Peter says, I'm speaking to the nation Israel. Now if he's speaking to the nation Israel, that means the Gentiles, that is everybody other than Israel, were not his audience. They weren't who he was thinking about when he when he preached that message on the day of Pentecost. But when you come to the ministry of the Apostle Paul in the Bible, all that changes. Because Paul says, I'm the one the Lord Jesus Christ sent specifically to the Gentiles. You remember the 12 apostles when he gave them their, their great commission in Matthew 10. He says, go not in the way of the Gentiles. And he said, to the Samaritans enter you not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And even in his post-resurrection commission to them, that peter was working under on the day of pentecost he says beginning at jerusalem and then judea then samaria and then the uttermost parts of the world that's why even in acts eight after the persecution of the uh, of, of the pentecostal church scattered all the believers the apostles stayed in jerusalem it was the city of the great king it was where their ministry was to begin to have its success and to begin to have its foundation until jerusalem was converted. They weren't to go to the nations because it was God's program in prophecy. You remember Peter in Acts chapter 3 verse 21 said that what he's doing, what he's preaching, is that which is spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. And that program focused in God bringing his salvation and blessing to the nations of the earth through his special nation, the nation Israel. I've said to you before on this program over 200 times, think about it, over 200 times the God of the Bible says, I am the God of Israel. That's very important. And it's 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 the way the Bible focuses until you come to the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And when you come there, Paul says, things have changed. Now, That doesn't mean what went before and was wrong. It just means that God has something else to do on top of, in addition to his program with the nation of Israel. That's why Paul calls his message, Romans 16, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. God had a secret plan that he purposed in himself before the foundation of the world that he didn't reveal to anybody until it came to the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And that's why when you come to Paul's epistles, you have that special message sent out to the church, the body of Christ, which God is forming today in the dispensation of grace. That's why Paul's epistles are so important, because that's our mail. And Romans is important. It's at the head of his epistles because it's in the book of Romans that Paul says, I'm writing so that you might be established. That is, that you might have the mutual faith, both of you and me, if you want to be established in what God is doing today. I love the verse in Colossians two seven. He says, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught. Abounding in the of thanksgiving. You have to be taught uh, to the, the faith. And the faith, understanding What the information that God gives you through Paul's epistles brings stability in your life as a Christian, as a member of the church, the body of Christ. So it's important to to take a book like the book of Romans and read it. By the way, if you've never spent some time reading the book of Romans, can I challenge you? Here's a book you need to sit and read. Paul says in Ephesians 3, As I wrote before in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. The key element in you understanding what God is doing is reading his word, rightly divided. So if you'll take Paul's epistles and read them, Paul said, Consider what I say, and the Lord give you understanding in all things. You'll get an understanding of what God's doing by reading Romans that you'll not get out of any book prior to Romans. Somebody says, well, I like the book of Psalms. I was in the airport just the other day, and uh, a man was reading his Bible, and I sat down talking with him, and he's reading the book of Psalms. And so I just love the Psalms. I said, have you ever thought about reading the book of Romans? He says, well, I do, but it says, you know, I like Psalms better. (laughs) It's not a question of what you like better, dude. It's a question of where your information is and how God has designed for your establishment. To be established in the Christian life to be grounded in what God's doing today, you have to have the mutual faith that Paul had. You have to have the understanding God gave through Paul for you and me. And when we, Paul says that uh, to Timothy, the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, commit the same, commit that of faithful men who can teach others also. That's the chain. That's the establishment process. So when you look at the book of Romans, you're going to see the foundation to the Christian life. A helpful key we saw last time in understanding the book of Romans is the word therefore. The word therefore in our language is a what we call a word of logic. Uh, when you see the word therefore, you should ask, wherefore is the word therefore? And what you'll discover is that the, the word therefore is going to give you a conclusion based upon the evidence which he just gave you. Now, we saw last time, in our last study, uh, we called it the Romans' Road to Salvation. And we saw that, uh, you know, that that that, that word, therefore, shows us four steps in God's thinking to bring salvation, everlasting life, to you and me. This is not an emotional issue. This is not a human viewpoint issue. This is not a religious issue. This is a Bible issue. First, there's the, first, therefore, Romans two one. Thou, therefore thou art inexcusable o man there's the problem we're sinners and we have it we're, we, we, we we have nowhere our problem is our sinfulness then he says therefore by, we conclude that by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be saved your the proof of your sinfulness the proof of your problem is that God has concluded it's all under sin by giving the law and you can't keep it he said what do I do well it said therefore romans 328 we conclude that a man is justified by faith, not by work, not by the law. The third one is, the first one is our problem. The second one is the proof of our problem. The third one is the payment that Jesus Christ made at Calvary when God made him be the propitiation, the fully satisfying payment for our sin, and he's the just and justify them which believe in Jesus. Therefore, based on that evidence, we conclude that a man is justified by faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus Christ because of his work at Calvary, and not by your works, your resources, and your efforts. Then Romans 5 1, he says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have. Peace with God. And it goes down through Romans five, that great chapter, to describe all the security of the blessings that God gave you when He put you into Christ, and He blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So the Romans road to salvation starts with our problem, demonstrates the proof of our problem, then it tells us about God's payment for our problem, and then the peace that comes when we trust Christ. But you know, salvation, as wonderful as it is, is only the beginning. Now, the Christian life goes on from there. There's more to it than just our salvation. There's also the issue of service. You remember Ephesians 2, he says, For by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in. There's that issue of Serving the issue of uh, the other side of the, of the salvation, he saved you so that he could and made you a new creature in Christ because he has some things that he planned before the foundation of the world to accomplish through the body of christ and that's what that 's where Romans takes a a uh, uh, a step forward in chapter six the next therefore Romans six verse three and four know you not. That so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death. Therefore, because we've been baptized into Jesus Christ, we are buried with Him by baptism into death. That, like His Christ, was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. That's the issue of our new position in Christ Jesus. You see, we're born in Adam, but when you trust the Lord Jesus Christ, God does something wonderful. He baptizes you into Jesus Christ. Now, that baptism there obviously is not a water ceremony. I understand that for the average person, they hear the word baptize and they just go water because that's all they know. Some folks don't know there's any other kind of baptism in the Bible. Matthew chapter three verse eleven, for example. John the Baptist said, "I did baptize you with water." So, there's a baptism. He that cometh after me, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. There are three different, dramatically different baptisms in one verse, Matthew 3.11. In fact, if you study your whole Bible, you'll discover that there are about a dozen different types of baptisms in the Bible. So every time you see the word baptize, you don't just go, it's water. (laughs) You know, my church is right, that kind of thing. You need to look at the context. Did you know that there's only one place in the Epistles of Paul that he mentions water baptisms, First Corinthians chapter one, and in, in that context he says, "Christ sent me not to water baptize." That's fascinating, isn't it? You go through baptism, water, water baptism. Now, all through your Bible, every reference positive to water baptism is a, is a passage speaking to the nation Israel. When you come to a reference to in Paul's epistles to it, he says to water baptism, he said Christ didn't send me to do that. Now, he talks about baptism, but Paul does talk about baptism. It's just not water baptism. When he says here in Romans six three, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ? Notice what he says you're baptized into. You're not baptized in the water. You're baptized in, into Jesus Christ. Now, somebody says, well, how in the world can that happen? Because, number one, he's not here. Number two, if he was, how could I get into him? That's not something that's that, that's normal. It's not natural. That's right. It's supernatural. The only way you can get into another person is for God to work something, uh, work a miracle. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse thirteen. You need to write that down. By Romans six 3. first Corinthians twelve thirteen. For by one Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, are we all baptized into one body? You see, there's a baptism. That the Spirit of God takes a believing sinner, when you trust Christ, and place takes you out of Adam and places you into the body of Christ. That's why we call that positional truth. You've had your position changed. His position, Christ's position, becomes yours. You're baptized into his death. His death becomes your death. You're buried with him by baptism into death. His burial puts away sin becomes yours. Then you're raised with him. His resurrection becomes your resurrection. You become identified in Jesus Christ. That's why it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. God literally has given you a new identity in his son. I love that verse in 1 Corinthians one thirty. Who of God, talking about Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption? You need wisdom. You need to know how to deal with the details of your life in a way that honors God and works out for the best. He's made unto us wisdom. Colossians says in Him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, wisdom, righteousness. You need right. You need to be right with God. The righteousness of God is ours in His Son. God made Him to be Son for us that so we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Sanctification. That's purpose and meaning. Sanctification means to be set apart for the purpose for which you're created. You need purpose and meaning in your life. You know where you're going to get that? God has made him to be that for you. Redemption. Freedom from sin. You need freedom, liberty. You need identity. You need meaning. You need purpose. You need, you need acceptance. You need the wisdom to take those things. All of that. God, God has made him to be that for you. So he takes you and puts you into his son. That's a wonderful, supernatural new identity. And that new identity is designed to impact life now. That's why he says down in verse number Romans 6, verse 11 Likewise, reckon you yourselves to be dead uh, indeed unto sin. Why? Because you died with Christ. But alive unto God through our Lord Jesus Christ, let sin therefore be. Let not sin, rather, therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey the lust thereof. So the first therefore says, here's your new position. The second therefore says, because that's the reality of who you are, he that's dead is freed from sin, you've been given God's life, therefore don't let sin run your life. Why? Because you're dead to sin and alive to God. Therefore, you can practice it. You see, the position is designed to be played out in the practice of your life. It's not that you have to go and turn over a new leaf and change life for yourself, but as you live in the identity, when you live in the reality of this new identity that you have in Christ, everything you do in life, you live out of the identity, out of who you understand yourself to be. Let Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that you should uh, should obey, obey uh, the lust thereof. You don't need to let. You should not let sin run your life. Should not have dominion over you, for sin should not have dominion over you, 6.14 says, for you're not in the law, but under grace. So when you understand this new position that God's given you, you realize that it means your life has been different. But you know, what you find in Romans 7 is Paul says, you know, the will is present with me, but how to perform? I ain't figured that one out yet. You ever you ever been there? You say, Lord, I want to serve you. I discover that most Christian people want to serve the Lord, but how to do it? I get confused. I get beat down. I find out that I can't do it. I wind up in Romans seven. Oh, wretched man that I am! Who shall deliver me from the body of this? Says, I keep trying, and I keep failing. Well, the problem in Romans seven is that. You're trying to do it on your own. So the next, therefore, in chapter 8 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You see, Paul, when he says, There is therefore now no condemnation, a lot of people miss that therefore in that verse. Causes them to leave the last ten words of that verse out because they they think this is a verse talking about their eternal security. Eternal security in the Book of Romans was satisfied and and and, and nailed down and 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 uh, finalized back in Romans five. We're not talking about the, your your eternal security here. We're talking about your your walk, your practice. Paul ends the Book of uh, Romans, chapter seven. By saying, Oh wretched man that I am, there's condemnation. He's condemning himself. He sees his performance. It doesn't mas- measure up. Anytime you put yourself under a performance-based acceptance program, the law, anytime you do that, you're going to fail. And the law will do the same thing for a believer, condemn him, that it did for an unbeliever, conclusions under sin. And that's why Paul ends Romans 7. I thank God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where the victory is. That's who's going to deliver me. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. I'm going to put in my mind the things that God says. But with the flesh, the law of sin. There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. What does it mean to walk after the flesh and after the Spirit? Verse 5, for they that are after the flesh, those that walk after the flesh, do mind the things of the flesh. If you set your mind on who you used to be, you let your mind be programmed by your old world thinking, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be under the power of the flesh, and the power of, of, of your old life is going to run your life. But they that walk after the Spirit, what do they do? They mind the things of the Spirit. That's why it says in verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the Spirit is that there is life in Christ Jesus. And what you need to focus on is who he has made you in Christ. He is our life. And that's where the deliverance is. And that's where the power, the internal compulsion is, you know, Romans, or uh, 1 Thessalonians, rather, he says that it's the word of God that works effectually in you that believe. To bring the, the power of the life of Christ that God places in you into the experience of your life, well, you do that, that makes you free from the law of sin and death, that sets you, that brings the freedom that you have in Christ into your life, well, that's by minding the Spirit, that's by setting your affections on things above. That's by taking what God has said is true of you and say, that's the reality in my life, and I'm going to make choices based on that. You see, when you look at the details of your life, and you you begin to choose in the details of your life to do what God says. Now, if you're going to do that, you've got to find out what God says. Well, where did he tell you? He tells you that in his word. He doesn't tell you that in circumstances. Circumstances are the place you go do what God's will is, not where you discover it. He doesn't tell you that in your emotions. They're fickle. He doesn't tell you that in impressions. Your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, the book says. So you can't trust the way you feel about something because, now you know yourself, you can feel about something and learn one piece of information and feel a different way. You can watch a a movie and get mad and want to fight. You can watch a movie and get sad and want to cry, and it's just a movie. It's not even real. Your emotions are nuts. They have no real intellect. They respond to the way you think. That's why Romans 12, the last, therefore, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto him, which is a reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, it's that renewing of your mind. I beseech you, therefore, what? By the mercies of God. The first 11 chapters of Romans tells you about God's wonderful mercies to you. And when you take what God says about the reality of who you are, and you cherish it, and you value it, to the place where you, you're going to say, that's more important to me than circumstances. is more important to me than my thinking, someone else's thinking, my feelings, someone else's feelings. I'm going to take what God says is real, and I'm going to cherish that, and I'm going to value that, and I'm going to treasure that. When people see you do that, you know what happens? God is glorified in your life because they see what you cherish. They see what you love. That's why he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy, based upon what God has done for you, not, not trying to get it from him, but because you already have it, that you present your body as a living sacrifice. that's who you are, that's your identity, holy, acceptable unto God. That's who you are. You already you can't make yourself holy. You, you've figured that out by now, haven't you? But he did. He's made you acceptable, which is your reasonable service. It's the only reasonable, logical, thoughtful thing you can do. And it's a faith choice that you make to live by the reality of your present identity that God has given you in His Son, and be not conformed to this world—the systems, the beliefs, the values, the the spirit, the the, the morality uh, of of current thinking—but be transformed. Have that outward manifestation in your in, in, you know, of your inner life. Through the renewing of your mind, allowing the Word of God to change your thinking, to control your thinking, to saturate your mind with God's Word by consistent intake of His Word, rightly divided. That's why you got to have the book rightly divided, folks. You can't go anywhere in the Bible and find God's will for you. You have to go to His Word, rightly divided. That's the ultimate motivation behind dispensational Bible study, understanding God's Word, rightly divided, so that I can understand who I am and I can live in that identity, I look at the racing red hand on the face of the studio clock, and it tells me, hey, Rick, it's almost time to go. (laughs) And I'm just getting started here. Let me give you a Bible study resource that will help you with what we're talking about. The, uh, the, 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 The study is called The Roman's Road to Service. Last week, it was The Roman's Road to Salvation. This week, The Roman's Road to Service. I'd like to give you this free Bible study. It'll help you to go on with this information so that you can have clarity about it. You can listen to it in your own, in your own time, listen to it over and over, not just in a, in a quick little go-through like this. The Romans Road to Service. You call me here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. And we'll be glad to see that you get a free copy. That number again is 888-535-2300. We're certainly glad that uh, you join us each week like this. You know, th- this is it's a privilege for us to be able to share these things with you. And as I, as I say to you week after week, we're not trying to get you to join anything. We're, trying to, we're trying, not trying to get you to uh, do something for us. We don't have a denomination for you to be a part of. We just want you to, we want to proclaim to you, talk to you about a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, out of a book. Or the Bible, the King James Bible, and we want God's Word to work effectually in you because you believe it. And you know, one of the joys of our life is the fact that there are there are people in in your area where you're listening to this radio program. This program is broadcast on a number of markets around the United States, and. In every market where it's broadcast, there is a local group of people who help us put this program on this station who are in agreement. They understand God's Word rightly divided. They study each week. They meet together each weekend. They take a King James Bible. They study it rightly divided. And for them, the, the grace life, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is the issue. Not some religion, not some works program, but who God has made us in Christ living in us. And through us, because our confidence is in God's Word. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, Paul says that the it's the Word of God that works effectually in you that believe. Can I tell you that there are people right in your neighborhood, I say that so you understand, you don't just have to listen to the radio. There are people in your neighborhood that would do you good. If you call us at 888 535 2300, we'll put you in touch with these folks in your area, and you can be a part of a, of a group of people who believe uh, the Bible to be the Word of God, who appreciate its power and authority, who understand how to rightly divide it, and who understand how to make grace, the grace life, the issue in their life. There is a gospel you can believe. There is a Bible you can trust. There is a study you can understand. There is a life you can live, and there is a purpose that you can fulfill. And there are folks right in your area that can help you in, in, in those things. If that's if those things are in, in, important to you, listen, you rob yourself and your family of a spiritual heritage by not being a part of that. 888-535-2300. You call us, and we'll put you in touch with the folks that are in your area. If you're in a place where you can't get out You're housebound or you don't have the opportunity to go places. Can I tell you that we, on the weekend, on Sundays and Wednesdays, in our ministry, I pastor a a very active church in the Chicagoland area. Um, We put all of our services on the Internet. We webcast them live. We also archive them for future uh, viewing. If you go to our website, graceimpact.org, graceimpact, one word, graceimpact.org, you'll find at 9.30, at 10.45, and 6 p.m. on Sunday, and 7.30 on Wednesday night, and these are central times, uh, you'll find our broadcast available where you can study live with us. If you'd like to, if you need to do it, you know, look at them after we've done them. There'll be links that will put you to places where you can see the archived versions of these studies. Can I tell you that we're trying to make God's Word available? We're trying to put it out there where you can get a hold of it and where it can be real in your life. That's our purpose. And we're happy to spend and be spent to make that possible. 888-535-2300. That's the number to call if you need information. Graceimpact.org is the place to go on the Internet if you... Uh, Would like to see uh, our join us for our live studies or archive ones, and uh, you can find other information about us and about grace School of the Bible if you 're interested in being a real in depth student of god 's Word, go there and look at the information about grace school of the bible it 's a unique program the curriculum is bible based pauline right division based it 's not the standard systematic theologies that you get in in schools that only produce the confusion that you see about you on every hand but you can have God's Word as the basis of your faith. GraceImpact.org, 888-535-2300. It's the number to call. Thanks for being with us today. Till next time, Maranatha.